Good morning, everyone. Um, a special welcome to uh, you all, especially welcome to those who may be new here today. Um, you're, you're very welcome. We follow the morning service with refreshments through those doors uh, in the main hall, so please do join us. Uh, also, welcome to those who are with us online. Just a couple of notices at the beginning. A reminder uh, that we have our midnight communion service this evening, gathering at 11.30, for those who are, who are awake enough, I suppose, um, and into the early hours of Christmas Day. And then we also have a Christmas Day uh, celebration service at 10.30 here tomorrow. Today we're considering the theme of joy and uh, you can see perhaps if you can see my Christmas jumper uh, joy to the world this is joy that God shares with us and calls us to share with him and with others it's also our fourth Sunday in Advent and so I'm going to ask uh, William and Blaze to come up and uh, get ready to light our candles uh, four candles, and uh, we have some liturgy appearing on our screen, uh, which we'll be able to uh, respond to together. We have lit the first three candles, one for love, one for peace, and one for hope. Today we light the fourth candle, the candle of joy. This should be the easy one, that's pressure on you both, isn't it? Uh, because joy is all around us, in the children, the lights, the music, the gathering together. But how often do we let our preparations or our memories, our baggage, push joy to the side? You can start lighting them, otherwise that's going to run out. Joy is like an underground spring that wells up within us, but joy is also a choice, an attitude. Like a muscle, it needs to be exercised. So today we open ourselves to joy that is found in the good news of Christ, trusting that God has already planted it in us. All we need to do is give it care and offer it to share. So let's read together. Thank you. Loving God, we open ourselves to you, trusting that this is how you made us. You created us for joy-filled hearts and lives. Magnify your love within us. Teach us the peace that comes from justice. Show us the creative power of hope. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen. So let's sing with the first of our songs, a carol, well-known carol, Hark the Herald Angel.
and uh, we're going to have a, a responsive prayer together so there will be responses on the screen in bold in yellow for us to read together let us pray sing joyfully to the lord you righteous it is fitting for the upright to praise him praise the lord with music and song we sing to him we play skillfully we shout for joy for the word of the lord is right and true he is faithful in all he does the lord loves righteousness and justice the earth is full of his unfailing love let all the earth fear the lord let all the people of the world revere him the lord foils the plans of the nations the lord thwarts the purposes of the peoples but the plans of the lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations from heaven the lord looks down and sees all of humanity from his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth he who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do the eyes of the lord are on those who fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death we wait in hope for the lord he is our help and our shield in him our hearts rejoice we trust in his holy name may your unfailing love be with us lord we put our hope in you amen i don't know whether you are ready ready for christmas day even that may send some shudders down your spine thinking you may not be ready well i think i am ready um, and uh, i'll tell you why you know all the preparations are done we've got guests over tomorrow so sandra um, is uh, preparing loads of food and getting it all ready um, i i help out a little bit here and there um, but uh, you know need to kind of do uh, the stuffing and stuff like that oh, uh, oh it's empty uh, right okay well we may not have stuffing today um, yeah I'll tell you one of my duties on Christmas Day and actually over the whole Christmas season is loading and unloading the dishwasher anyone got that that duty as well and putting the bins out and stuff so I've got that ready as well and I've uh, got my dishwasher tablets no I haven't oh okay that's empty as well so that may be a bit of washing up by hand that's that's a shame okay so um, well I'll tell you what when, when we've got our guests I'll, I'll sit we'll sit them down and uh, we'll get them a drink um, oh, that's empty as well. Okay, right. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. We might give them something a little bit uh, stronger. S uh, latte caramel. There were some sachets in there, I'm sure, but they're not there. I, I think um, I'm going to need a drink actually after the. Oh, that's even that's empty. Uh, okay. I'll tell you what. It's, all, it's given me a bit of a headache. Uh, this, I, I don't know whether you get a bit of a headache around Christmas time, all the busyness and things you've got to get ready and got to pre get pre prepared and stuff. And you know, sometimes we get a headache. Got to take a couple of paracetamol. So thankfully, <laughs> will you pray for me? Just, okay. I tell you what, on Christmas Day, in the midst of all the busyness, sometimes I like to be quiet on my own. 
And so I go to the quietest place in the house. <laughs> and I sit down. And I just spend a... Oh, <laughs> You know, things run out, things dry out, things wear out. Except God doesn't. And even though we prepare for Christmas and things might not be ready or might have run out and we're thinking, oh no, the shop's shut, I can't go and get this, we'll have to make do. God never makes do. God has set his affection, his love upon you and he's sent his son into this world because of his love for you and therefore everlasting joy can be yours. In this world things wear out. We're disappointed, we're frustrated, we're cut short. But God's joy that he wants to share with you is everlasting. So I encourage you, this Christmas, don't pursue all the stuff you're told to pursue in this busy world. Because that may bring happiness, but happiness is fleeting. Goes up and it goes down, goes up, goes down. Whereas joy that God brings to us in the person of his son lasts forever. Pursue that joy. Welcome that joy. And share that joy with others. And if any of you have got some spare stuffing or toilet <laughs> rolls or something, you know, we live in the Hornets, so we're just, you know, God is good to us. He will never run out. He will never fail you. He will never let you go. So know his joy this Christmas. We're going to sing a familiar carol now. Uh, after this, uh, the children, the young people are going to go into... Uh, their BRBK, Brighton Road Baptist Kids Club, uh, that we have. Uh, so go through those doors and it's upstairs in the sports hall. Tim's leading uh, that, so enjoy that time. After this uh, carol, Away in a Manger.
from us. So we're going to continue uh, by singing our next song, Glorious Light. Feel free to, to sit or to remain standing as you wish. <clears throat> take your seats. Let us pray. Jesus, humble King, we remember that your family had nowhere to stay when you were born. Please be with the homeless, the refugees, and those who are struggling to make ends meet this Christmas. Humble King, we long for your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, King of kings, we remember that powerful leaders visited you when you were born. Give your wisdom, boldness and grace to our world leaders, to politicians, business people, those with influence, King of Kings, establish your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, King of Peace, we remember Herod's jealousy, deceit and violence when you were born. Bring your peace 
in places of conflict, anger and hatred across the world and right here in our communities. King of peace, we pray for your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, King of joy, we remember the joy of angels, of shepherds, of parents when you entered our world. Bring your lasting joy to those who are sad, grieving, in despair, with depression, here in our fellowship, in our families, in our community, whose happiness is fleeting, grants joy everlasting. King of joy, we pray for your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And in a moment of silence, we bring before you those on our hearts at this time. And we remember with grateful thanks those we miss in this season. We lift our prayers to you, Jesus, humble King of kings, King of peace, King of joy. Amen. Robin and Errol are now going to share with us our reading today. that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Thank you. We're going to continue by singing an next song from the squalor of a borrowed stable. Let us pray. Our God, we want to thank you for the account of your nativity and indeed for the account of history through the scriptures. Thank you of your dealings with people. And we pray, Lord, that today you would speak afresh to us as we consider Luke's account of joy. We pray, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts and lives, enable us to hear what you have to say to us and respond to what you're saying and doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, this morning we're going to be considering the theme of joy 
and in particular the Gospel writer Luke's account of joy in his Gospel of Luke and in his continuing book of Acts. So joy. Joy is at the outset of Luke's Christmas story and Luke begins not with Jesus but with his relative John the Baptist. So we, first, we firstly see joy in John's nativity account. Four times Luke ref references joy in relation to John. Luke presents John and Jesus to us with nativity accounts that reveal and rely upon the miraculous. John's parents are described in this way. There was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Luke sets out his Christmas stall. Here are a couple who are deemed righteous in the sight of God. Not righteous in the sight of man, but of God. Right with God. Through their faith-filled, blameless, spotless obedience. However, though there is no blame, there seems to be this shadow of shame. Shame arising from failure to conceive, the sadness of unwelcome childlessness. We're not told why, the inability to conceive, but this is compounded by the fact that they are now very old. Luke is telling us that apparently their time is up. Perhaps it's been up for some time. Yet, faced with shame, in the midst of disappointment, confusion, sadness, in Zechariah and Elizabeth's brief story, joy is revealed. The angel Gabriel is sent to announce joyful news to priest Zechariah in Luke chapter 1. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow. Gabriel's words remind us that there can be joy in the face of hope deferred and in the midst of disappointment, desperation, frustration and exhaustion. Joy interrupting feelings of failure and regrets, stigma and shame, sadness and lack. Zek and Liz's story speaks of joy through the impossible and to perhaps those who are infirm. For them, the birth of John in their old age, in impossible circumstances which echo Abraham and Sarah's experience, 
would bring joy to them and joy to many others. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. And the story of joy does not stop at the angel's announcement but continues into the pregnancy. For John himself, while still in the womb, experiences joy. Later in the chapter, in verse 44, we hear how Elizabeth loudly testifies that as soon as the sound of her relative Mary's greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So John, even though unborn, experiences joy and leaps for that joy. This is John who would be pointing people to Jesus, who points us to Jesus, even pointing to Jesus before he was born. See, with Jesus, there is joy in impossible circumstances, out of reach dreams and dark and hidden places. As soon as we think we can put a limit on joy, that limit is exceeded and overcome. You may think it is impossible to experience joy in your circumstance. Yet an unborn child can leap for joy because of Jesus and an elderly couple experience joy and delight instead of dejection and despair. May we each leap for joy even in our difficulty and restriction. You and your situation are not hidden from God. And joy spreads. It cannot, it should not be confined. We see how Elizabeth's joy is infectious. In Luke chapter 1, verses 57 and 58, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. We know that moaning, Grumbling, complaining is infectious. It brings everyone down. But joy lifts us up. Joy strengthens. Joy gathers. Let your joy, because of what the Lord is doing in and for you, spread to others around, to your relatives to those in your proximity, in your sphere of influence, you will influence people one way or another. So choose the way of joy. Secondly, we see that there is joy in Jesus' nativity. He Luke continues his narrative of joy with Jesus' nativity and he makes a couple of references to joy. The first is in Mary's song of joy after she's told of God's plan for her to bear God's son where she declares, my spirit rejoices in God my saviour. The second is with the announcement of the angel at Jesus' birth. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So here is joy for the individual that God is blessing and using. Here is joy for all, for all the people, indeed great joy. The news of Jesus' birth that we celebrate in this season is a joyful, joy-filled message. And you and I carry this good news into a world that so needs joy. Our world doesn't need 
great entertainment and great excitement as much as it needs great joy. Put aside shallow, circumstantial happiness that's here one moment and gone the next and receive deeper, lasting joy that comes through receiving the news of the Christ given for all of us, given for me, given for you. No one is excluded from this announcement of joy. This is good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You are not excluded from this generous and gracious offer of Jesus for you, for your joy, for your circumstance. Thirdly, Luke reminds us of the joy in Jesus' teaching. Luke gives the account of Jesus' teaching. He's now grown up and Jesus, time and time again, encourages joy. And this joy is to be found in the most unexpected and unlikely of places. In fact, places that we may seek to run a mile from. We read in Luke chapter 6 how Jesus looking at his disciples, said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. So you want joy? Yes, I hear you cry. Jesus tells us where to look. He gives us a treasure map for joy. Joy is found. In that place, that acknowledgement of poverty, hunger, weeping, being hated, excluded, <coughs> insulted, rejected, persecuted. Leap for joy when you stand in that place that the faithful prophets stood, in the place where Jesus stood. You are in good company. And Jesus continues to teach about joy when he spoke of those who receive his word into their lives. Yet, it does not bear fruits because it does not have the roots. Those on the rocky ground, he says, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I encourage each of us to, yes, receive God's word with joy, but know and understand that testing will come. And the soil of your heart needs to have the rock removed. Cultivate the soil of your heart. And may God's word be able to go deep. Remove the stony pride and self-sufficiency and whatever else is preventing God's word to take root and make a lasting, joyful difference in your life. Jesus continues with his teaching of his disciples who, in one instance, they experience God's power and authority at work through them. And this is what Jesus says to them, Do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Let us rejoice over our salvation, not over any authority or power or ministry we've been given. And Luke continues to point us to joy in Jesus' teaching. In chapter 15, and we could call this 
Luke's chapter of joy. Because joy is mentioned numerous times. Jesus is teaching through parables. Firstly, of the lost sheep, searched for by the shepherd. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. The joy of the shepherd. And he goes home, then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. The joy of the shepherd shared. God cannot contain his joy. He spills over with joy when he rescues you. When he rescues the wandering. When he rescues the helpless and the harassed. The shepherd seeks the strays. And Jesus continues in his parable by saying, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. There is joy in heaven over repentant sinners. Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues to teach about joy in chapter 15, turning to the woman who has lost one of her precious coins and she searches and she searches and she searches and she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. And again, just in case we've forgotten what Jesus has just said, he continues in the same way. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This joy is so good, Jesus repeats the teaching. The joy of the shepherd searching out and saving the strays. The joy of the woman and her friends and neighbours on earth, but also in the spiritual realm. Joy is to be shared. Joy is to be a shared experience. Joy connects heaven and earth. Joy is from God. And talking about God, fourthly, we see how there is joy in Jesus' own experience. In Luke chapter 10, verse 22, we read how Jesus is full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And in that moment of joy, <coughs> Jesus prays this, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you were pleased to do. May we be like Jesus, full of joy about what we see the Father doing in the revealing of his Son and of himself here on earth. <coughs> Fifthly, we note in Luke's account of the joy of the disciples. You see, there's joy in ministry. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, we read how the 72 uh, Jesus had sent out, returned with joy at how the Lord had used them to free those spiritually captive and oppressed. May we know such joy in that personal <coughs> deliverance of all that is wicked and binds and restricts us and in those around us as we are sent to them and we minister to them. So there's joy in ministry, there's joy in miracles. In Luke chapter 19, verse 37, we read how on Su Palm Sunday, when Jesus came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. May we each know the joy of the miraculous in our lives and families and communities. There's also joy in the light of Jesus' resurrection for those disciples. In Luke chapter 24, verse 41, we read 
how with the resurrected Jesus standing before them, the disciples did not believe it because of joy and amazement. And Jesus demonstrated the, the physicality of his resurrected body by eating fish in front of them. Though those first disciples initially did not believe what they were seeing with their own eyes, may we take the eye, their eyewitness account subsequently of that truth of Jesus' physical resurrection. May we take it to our heart by faith. May we experience the joy that comes from entering into the resurrection of Jesus as we live out our new lives of faith in him. And with the joy of the disciples, there is joy in the light of Jesus' ascension back to the Father. In chapter 24, verse 52, we read how those first disciples worshipped him, worshipped Jesus, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. May we be those who worship Jesus and set our faces towards mission and ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit. And sixthly and lastly, we note that Luke continues in his account of the early church in the book of Acts that there is joy of the early church. The Apostle Peter preaches at Pentecost to that uh, church that has been born by the Spirit, preaching about and pointing to Jesus as he quotes King David, who sings, My heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest in hope. And you have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Joy that doesn't run out. Joy that doesn't dry out. That doesn't wear out. Jesus is that path of life. He is the way, the only way, to enjoy life eternal with God. And then when the apostles in that early church had been questioned and flogged by the Jewish ruling body and ordered not to speak in the name of Jesus, we read how they, in Acts chapter 5, left the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling body, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. May we be those who are prepared to rejoice even in the midst of persecution and suffering. And what's more, in chapter 8 of Acts, we read how the evangelist Philip having been one of those who was scattered by persecution, preached the word wherever he went, and he went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, and uh, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with streaks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed, so there was great joy in that city. O oh Lord, may there be great joy in this town and district of Horsham because of the faithful preaching and proclamation of Jesus as Messiah and because of signs that you give through your people to perform. May there be great joy in this building because of our obedience by faith. And, and Philip, we'll stick with him just for a little longer, he didn't stop there, for the Lord sent him to share Jesus with the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. We read how he come, the eunuch comes to believe and is baptised and went on his way rejoicing. The good news about Jesus, when received, brings rejoicing. And I don't have time really to go into too many more instances. But Luke shares with us God's story of joy. Joy in John and Jesus' narratives. Joy in Jesus' teaching and own experience. Joy of Jesus' disciples 
and joy in the early church. And that joy can be our joy, your joy, my joy. I end with a quote from one of the early church fathers, got a lovely name, St. Augustine of Hippo. He said, Let the just rejoice, for their justifier is born. Let the sick and infirm rejoice, for their saviour is born. Let the captives rejoice, for their redeemer is born. Let slaves rejoice, for their master is born. Let free men rejoice, for their liberator is born. Let all Christians rejoice, for Jesus Christ is born. Amen. Let us just pray. God of joy, grant us joy. Joy this Christmas. Joy into 2024. Joy in the midst of our circumstances. We ask you for everlasting joy through Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the last of our uh, songs, Joy to the World. You could have guessed it. joy. Let joy live in your heart and share the joy of Christ with all you meet. Share joy by seeing the good in each other. Share joy by remembering good times and hoping for good times to come. Share joy by praying for our world. In this Advent season, we need to see, feel and share joy. So as you go out into the wonder of God's creation, share joy, peace, hope and love with those you meet. Amen.